2: podcast fork themselves welcome to another edition of the around the nfl podcast presented by intuit quickbooks the official sponsor of the nfl my name is dan Hansis. i'm coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers mark sesler chris wessling and greg rosenthal what is up boys hey dan hey buddies how are you doing, Dan?
3: The reports that you've um, filed to us throughout the day sound like things are on the edge to some degree.
2: I have, for reasons not necessary to dig in too much, I've uh, taken on all parent-bearing, uh, child-rearing responsibilities here in the home uh, as of about 7 p.m. last night. And um, It's interesting. I uh, I have a I have a monitor set up right now to keep my eye on my children uh, while my mu- wife sleeps. She has come down with an illness, not the illness, uh, but a different one. So things are pretty terrible here at the old um, Zeuser Manor, as it, mm-hmm. as it's uh, known by nobody. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the real challenge is coming in now. Here we are, global pandemic. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And if dad gets put in a spot where he's got to do it all, and then dad doesn't even have things like, you know, run to the grocery store to get a, like a quick dinner or even really feel comfortable with a delivery situation for the kids uh, and food's running out in the house and the grocery store has a line out the, out the door going down the sidewalk and the children just never... Never Anybody with young children, especially young boys, they never stop eating. They are sharks. <laughs> they just keep moving and they keep eating and they always want to be entertained. So when you throw in uh, uh, hosting a popular NFL podcast in the middle of that day, it, it's, been, it's been quite a run for the old Zeuser here at Zeuser Manor.
4: Well, we can take this offline later, but I got a freezer full of like pastas and chilies. I, I can make like a
2: Santa Claus drop down your chimney. I mean, that is a very nice uh, thought and uh, offer, Wes. And if, if it comes to a situation where the, uh, the cupboard is bare and the children are in danger, I might uh, hit you up on that. We are not that far off. Things are unstable at Zeuser Manor. I mean, I'm ready to break into
3: Wes's house to steal any sort of paper uh, toiletry items that he has uh, without <laughs> him knowing. And that's where I'm at at this point. I mean, I hear you. There is there like yesterday felt like an upbeat day. Um, I felt I think that our show kind of portrayed some of that. I woke up this morning just feeling like, I don't know why, but things feel weird and depressing today. Then you get out of it, but the, our house has hit various elements of breaking point uh, tension. And then you've got to somehow grasp on a reality and get out of that. But it has been a weird um,
2: couple of weeks. Hmm. It, it's a great call. There is a sense I've been on a bit of an emotional roller coaster with this as well, where... You kind of look at the bright side of it one day, and then the next day it just seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, this is one of those days uh, for me. Uh, but then tomorrow, you know, I, you know, maybe Emily's feeling better. Maybe the kids are a little calmed down and I have a little extra time. And all of a sudden I'd be like, well, I like being at home and I like spending time with my children right. and all that stuff. It It is kind of like this, this push and pull uh, to be in the middle of this scenario.
4: Yeah, this feels like a universal thing where some days – You feel bright and sunny, and other days it's like anything can set you off. You know, When I hear somebody's not taking this seriously, it really depresses me. When I hear things coming from our leaders that they're not taking it seriously, it really depresses me. And then you wake up another day, and the neighbors are great. You walk out and get around the neighborhood. Everybody's treating each other exceptionally friendly, and everybody's getting along well. So I think we're all just on that same ride where every day is a little bit different.
5: My my strategy with, with my son has been to just do anything possible to tire him out cuz that will just leave him um easier to handle but then that just tires you out it's not yeah. a, it's not necessarily yeah. a, a foolproof uh strategy but we have um we have been those people that i think other uh angelinos have been annoyed at i have been to the beach i think 5 out of the last can't be six, doing that, Greg. here's, the thing, here's I mean, the thing though here's the thing we're not. We're never n- anywhere near anyone. I mean, we go to a go to a remote part. We're walking by ourselves, so it's it's like we walk around our neighborhood a lot, like quite a bit. And our neighborhood is is more crowded with people walking around than than the beach area ever is. I'm, we're very. Yeah, but what about and what safe about Greg
3: germs in the you know the sea breeze air?
5: What am I? What am I touching?
3: We're taking I, I a don't, walk. We don't know what you're touching.
5: We're taking walk. We, we don't know. We're and touching I, a hermit crab. We brought a hermit crab home. For a couple of days, then brought it back to the ocean today, and Walker sadly cried uh, when he when he Aww. said goodbye to it. I said, "You gotta let him. You gotta let him be home."
2: Well, have you heard that the the COVID nineteen uh, can be transmitted through canines as well? How do you know that hermit crabs are not also? Um, prone to it and then you dump that into the sea I feel like Greg didn't research that I'm just our gonna turtle
5: suggest. is pretty lethargic these days and we're a little worried
1: <laughs> I think it's that this joking. is a good lesson for you men to just be appreciative of how much your wives do Dan I mean I think right now you help out a lot of course but when you know the maternal role is normally in most families the main role and I think it's good that you uh, acknowledge that and I hope you treat Emily with a bunch of hugs and kisses when she's feeling better.
2: It is a very nice thought, and I agree with you. I sometimes cringe when 28 year old single people tell me how I should be (laughs) dealing with my family situation, which is a fairly complex uh, scenario. But uh, I I do at the same time uh, absolutely agree with you. Emily (laughs) runs the home uh, very well. And it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't hum too efficiently without her. So it's just kind of like a stay alive scenario for the children and myself, right? Yeah.
3: Now. Meanwhile, Erica's like virtual rave <laughs> kicks off at three thirty-five
2: p.m. It's kind of my Pacific point. time.
5: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, no, that doesn't mean that I don't know what it's like. No, you don't. I mean, you don't. I mean, yeah, like, I don't oh, have kings, Thor,
2: Thor only has his heartworm medication. He's down to seven pills. He might run out by the end of <laughs> August.
5: My favorite thing is when dog owners talk about. Well, it's like having a kid.
1: It's well, nothing you, like having a kid. What are you talking
2: about. Well, you have good perspective. There are uh, people out there, uh, <coughs> Colleen Wolf, who do think it's like having a kid.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But you also, I mean, I w- went to school to be a teacher for the longest time, so I was in a preschool oh? all day, five days a week, taking care of three and four year olds like 15 of them. Mm. And I had my own third grade class my senior year of high school that I was a student teacher. So I don't live with them. I get to drop them off. But I, I do feel like I'm very versed in the world of children. I think you'd be right, a teacher. Fair. I could see that. Yeah, Thank
2: I you. could see that. You're going to be a great mother one day, Erica. I hope so. Yeah, I could see that. All right, today's show uh, is a good one because we're going to hit a lot of news. There is a solid amount of news that has come in over the last 24 hours. Uh, so we're going to hit... All of that, including the official end of the Cam Newton era in Charlotte uh, and some movements on the before Tuesday stagnant wide receiver market. So let's uh, get into all that. Also, a little bit later, um, I have a new power rankings up. I was asked by our, our uh, editor, Phil Spector, to put together a post First wave of free agency power rankings, which I have a bit of a fundamental issue with. But listen, it's my job, so I do it. And um, uh, I don't want to go through the numbers because I don't think um, the numbers mean anything at all uh, on March 24th. But some things in doing research on 32 teams that jumped out to me that I just wanted to share with you. So we'll hit that at the end of the show. But first, let's do some news. It's funny to hear a female talk about routes like... All right. Like I said, Cam Newton is officially unattached. The number one overall pick of the 2000 NFL draft, the most uh, successful quarterback in the history of the Carolina Panthers is no longer part of the team. They make it official releasing the former MVP after trying to get a trade done with uh, multiple teams. It just was not happening. So the Panthers felt their hands were tied. They had to move on. They didn't want it to get uh, any messier than it already was. And uh, as we know, as has been made very clear by what we've seen in the actions of the new management and head coach, they are looking for a fresh start that does not include Cam Newton. So he is now um, a free agent. According to ESPN, Newton took and passed a physical on Monday, which... Is good news, Greg Rosenthal, um, as he now hits the open market, and now the question begins, how long does he stay on the open market?
5: yeah, the fact there was no trade market for him makes me think he could be out there in free agency for a while until players and life at in general starts going back to normal and they can like a team can visit with him because the fact that Kyle Allen had more trade value than cam Newton. <laughs> among Panthers quarterbacks is one of the most surprising things Like I think that's happened since we've started doing this show. And uh, maybe I'm an optimist, but I do believe there's a real chance for Cam Newton to have a good second act of his career. I think a lot of the things that are happening in the NFL in terms of scheme and the way offense is played fits Cam Newton's strength. He's only 30 years old. The shoulder injury is is the bigger concern. It's two years ago now, though. And, like, I, I can imagine him having a totally resurgent uh, act on a different team in 2020. I found the semantics of this whole exercise a little
4: uh, baffling. He was given permission to seek a trade he did not want. He didn't want a trade, but, you know, and then he had no interest there. He was unable to drive interest because of the uncertainty. Nobody wanted to pay 19 20 million for him at a time when he hasn't played well. Since his arm in- since his shoulder injury, su- shoulder surgery, uh, then he had the foot surgery. So there's so much uncertainty there. Um, and to me, the Chargers make so much sense, but they seem to be fine with Tyrod Taylor. So I think I- unless the Chargers go get him, he's going to be a guy who's fighting for a job in, in training camp. Wes, I,
2: to your and to your you said the mechanics of the trade were a little, or the mechanics of the situation were a little odd. I agree. When Cam Newton gets permission, to seek a trade, is that how this works? I thought the teams work with other teams for a trade. Cam Newton was what going to be? His management was going to be reaching out to other teams, saying, "Hey, trade for me." I don't, well, I don't quite even understand branch. that.
3: That's an olive branch. They would allow Cam Newton to go somewhere that he wanted to go. I mean, you, that does happen pretty frequently versus them shipping Cam Newton to, uh, you know, a netherworld-like situation that he'd hate.
2: I guess my point, maybe it's just a matter of uh, just parsing of words, but wouldn't you work with your current team and then that team would reach out to a team you were interested in? I Just the whole thing felt like a farce Depends. from the start. And Cam was obviously angry about it because he had no interest in doing any of that.
5: Sometimes, you know, an agent does drive the entire trade process and then they, they bring it to the team that they have. And here's, you know and they work together. Sometimes it's the other way. I heard before the scouting combine that the tr- that the Panthers were trying to trade Cam Newton way before they ever put this statement out there and that they had no bites. And when they put this statement out there, to me it was an admission that we're probably going to cut him. We know no one really wants him. This is our last Hail Mary as free agency starts to see if we can scare up any interest when the market might be changing a little bit and that we can get something for it. They didn't play it well, but ultimately – No other teams. I believe them that no other teams wanted him, or else we would have seen seen a trade. Like every team out there, just wanted him to be a free agent and deal with him. Then,
3: I mean, again, I I feel like the Bears have selected a lesser uh, starter with way more injury uh, mystery like scenarios in Nick Foles than Cam Newton. And and you at this point, if Cam Newton, because there's too many quarterbacks has to look as a for a backup job. I think he's just a tough guy to have as a backup because your average NFL fan is going to want to see the minute trouble strikes Cam Newton on the field. And if, if that weren't the case, if there weren't a lot of that kind of potential tug, drama tug on Cam Newton to put him out there, I could look at a team like the Bills where you have Sean McDermott who knows Ooh. Cam Newton, right? They've got Matt Barkley behind a guy in Josh Allen who is still a bit of a wild card. Cam Newton is, is not Josh Allen, but they have some similar traits and do some similar things on offense. I mean, there are landing spots, but I just think it's a lot for a coaching staff to handle if he's your number two because he's still, to Greg's point, I think has a whole second part of his career and is an alluring athlete. How do you hold him down if you're in trouble in week six?
5: Do it, John Elway.
3: Do it. You're
5: the, you're the team. This is it.
2: I, I'm totally with you guys. In fact, in the latest Power Rangers, I'm getting killed uh in my mentions by Broncos fans. I had them a little low in the mid-20s, and it's because I just quite simply don't like their QB setup right now, and I think it could lead to ruin potentially for that team. They need a little more insurance at the game's most important position. In other news... Trent Williams, oh, you know, they set Cam free in Charlotte. Now, do the same for Trent Williams uh, Williams and Landover. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that Williams' agent, Vincent Taylor, told the Redskins it's in, quote, the best interest to trade or relate, uh, or release him. Uh, here's more of the quote. The relationship between the Redskins and Trent Williams has reached a point where it's in the best interest that the Redskins trade or release him, uh, and it is time to move on. So is it going to happen? Is this going to do anything to push the Redskins and nudge them forward? So far, it's been a total stalemate. I feel like
4: this happens every Tuesday, right? <laughs> the, yeah. the weekly Trent Williams trader release request happens every Tuesday. Hasn't happened yet. We'll see.
3: I think it's interesting that now it's with this new regime where like there was this initial sense that Ron Rivera is going to come in and do what the totally ridiculous Redskins front office could not do for years, which is, you know, keep veteran players from wanting to exodus. I mean, Quentin Dunbar is another guy that basically said, get me out of here. And so, you know, it's Trent Williams to me. The one thing I find interesting is that some of these teams that have been just pen, not penciled, but like permanent markered in to take a tackle in the first round. If you gave up a second rounder and got Trent Williams, you maybe can go find someone else in the draft. That's some of these teams that are slotted. I think of Cleveland, the Jets, others that are like, we're, we just say you're going to take a tackle no matter what. What if you give a second for Trent Williams, who's there for two or three years probably, and you go get a different type of player, but no one's biting on that.
2: And to, the, to that point, what you're making, Mark, that there are teams in the first round, in the first 10, 12, 15 picks that are all thought to be heavily in the market for alignment. There, according to draft out there, there are three and perhaps four real blue-chip tackle prospects, and there is a chance that they're all off the board before, let's say, the Jets pick at 11. Uh, the the Browns are picking at 10, and a lot of people are, have circled them in permanent marker, mark, 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 like you're saying. And it makes me think that the Redskins might be better off, and this isn't probably great news to Trent Williams or his uh, agent, uh, to kind of wait this out. And if one of those teams that are in desperate need of line help end up getting banged by the draft process where they don't have the guy they were hoping was sitting there, maybe Trent Williams becomes the plan B that they make somewhat of a, a panic uh, transaction for. And you do end up getting the higher-end draft pick that the Redskins obviously want out of this.
5: This is the longest standstill I can remember in terms of a player team like fighting each other. Vincent Jackson, I feel like, yeah, way that went back on for in like the fourteen,
3: felt like fourteen, fifteen years that was going on. <laughs> took
5: forever back with the San Diego Chargers, but man, this this thing needs to end. If if only for our rundown, we don't need another Tuesday oh Trent Williams. Just put him on another team, Tuesday uh, Trent,
2: in other. <laughs> NFC East offensive line news. The Cowboys lose Travis Frederick, uh, who announced his retirement from the NFL after seven seasons, just 29 years old, turned 29 last week. He missed all the 2018 season with Gillian Barr syndrome. Uh, He started last last season. He came back, started 16 games, went to the Pro Bowl. uh, But this is a type of affliction that... Uh, lingers uh, from what I understand. Wes, I, I, I read an old-timey Chris Wessling piece when this first went down uh, that, you know, Frederick is something he perhaps was dealing with for the rest of his life, and uh, maybe that's what's behind this. Maybe there's something else, uh, but Frederick is done with the NFL, and the Cowboys have a hole in the middle of their offensive line.
4: Yeah, I, I, that had to be part of the factoring in, and, and he joins a list of Luke keekley Andrew Luck, Gronk, Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis, Chris Borland—guys who all retired at thirty or or under age thirty um, in the last half decade or so. Uh, the Cowboys did draft Connor McGovern, and what are the odds um, that there are two Connor McGoverns in the NFL at the same time playing the same position? <laughs> uh, wow. He's um, he sat out all of last year with a torn pectoral mus- muscle, but they drafted him in the third round, and he was a pretty good prospect. Um, so they've got a plan there. They played jo- Joe Looney at center in 2018, and Zeke Elliott there. actually had a better year with Joe Looney at center in 2018 than he did with Tra- Travis Frederick last year. So uh, I don't think this is some dire situation for the Cowboys.
5: It, did. Go ahead, Greg. It, it's massive, though, just because you never got – and Frederick thought he played at a diminished level last year, and he said he did, say, battling the illness. It was really hard to – you know, get to his full strength and he didn't want to play at this level. Like you're never getting that Travis Frederick back, which like Patrick Willis and Gronk and some of the people you mentioned on that list was on a hall of fame trajectory. I mean, he was the best center in the league for much of his time in the league. So that whole, the whole reputation of the Cowboys as this great offensive line, and they still probably were last year at a top five or six offensive line. It, they're going to have some work to do now to, to keep up that reputation.
3: I think it's interesting that, like, we you know, I, I would imagine that 99% of people covering the NFL have no concept of what Gillian Barr syndrome does to your body. And Frederick has gone out of his way multiple tri- times to try to explain what, what that is. And I, I how can anyone – no one's critiquing him, but, like, he just simply – we talked about facing a struggle every single day, a struggle that no one else from the outside really saw. And so it's too bad because he was an incredible uh, you know, part of a line that was the best in the NFL. But it, this is happening to more and more players. And we're seeing more and more saying, if there's any health issues, I'm not going to continue to toil like it's 1948. And in the off season, I work at a meatpacking plant. It's like, no, they've built their wealth and you have to consider your future.
2: Who else is in the same name, different dude club? There's famously uh, Adrian Peterson, the Bears defensive back, Cam and Newton, the,
5: the Vikings Cam Newton running back. And Cam Newton. Oh, he yeah. was a wasn't Adrian Peterson a running back? Yeah, the yeah, other. Yeah, from the other two running backs. To, yeah. Oh wow, I thought he was a DB. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, he was like he, a that, third third down
2: back. So he's on he's on Mount Rushmore. Those guys, <laughs>
3: but there's Cam Newton, the quarterback, and Cam Newton. I think what was he like a a, Offensive like a line. pudgy right guard or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: So. The problem with um. Tom same. Brady, our former NFL <laughs> colleague, <laughs> there that was go. problematic. Just
2: NFL media executive and the quarterback, exactly. The problem with the same name, different dude, uh, Mount Rushmore, is you can only put two sets on <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true and
2: then well done. we've got our two so far <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so we're set. I McGoverns love that. and Newtons. Tom Brady the NFL media Tom Brady was one of my favorite guys I worked with at this company so I'm gonna like push hard to have him on there some people are gonna be confused but you put TB12 the GOAT Tom Brady NFL Network and then what do we want to throw on the
5: Newton Peterson or McGovern
3: not McGovern Peterson. I don't think McGovern is you know
5: well, Peterson and Newton have similar strengths, both very, you know, attractive uh, young men. Uh, I think Adrian Peterson, the fact they were both running backs for a while when you were in fantasy drafts, like you did not want to be the person that drafted the wrong Adrian oh, Peterson that by mistake, which <laughs> definitely happened.
2: <laughs> that happened. Um, all right. Moving on. The wide receiver market is finally moving. So let's go through it. We mentioned uh, the Panthers moving on from Cam Newton. Well, they welcome former Jet Robbie Anderson on a two-year, $20 million contract. Um, Schefter had it as $12 million in 2020. Hmm. Uh, he reunites with Matt Rule, which a little bit of connected dots that nobody else really had done. At least I hadn't seen it. Uh, Anderson was undrafted at a Temple, but his coach at Temple was Matt Rule. So uh, this is, a, uh, I think, a quality signing for any team, especially at that price. Uh The word throughout December and into January and then uh, leading up to free agency was that Robbie Anderson thought he could get anywhere from 13 to 15 million. He doesn't really come close to that. But the Teddy Bridgewater led Panthers now have a deep threat who can do some damage.
5: I think Panthers fans are confused about like what's going on here, because like a lot of fans out there, they're for some reason, obsessed with the idea of tanking as if that really works in the (laughs) NFL. Like, uh, they want their team to be bad, and they're like, why are we even bothering to sign, like, Teddy Bridgewater right now or Robbie Anderson? That's just not how the NFL works, and I'm intrigued to see what Matt Rule does with his offense in his first year. I'm not expecting them to go to the Super Bowl or anything, but you should be trying to win some games and see who you're going to have long-term, and for that money and the familiarity that he has, and I think that... Receiving group needed one more player to really make it dynamic. I think they're going to want to have four receivers on the field, a lot of snaps. I think it's a great pickup.
3: I'll tell you one person who did connect the dots between uh, Matt Rule and Robbie Anderson. That was Peter Schrager. Who put hey out buddy. a very very effective um uh, information laden in tweet the minute this move went down and if, and a part B to that is that when we were at the combine Dan you and I had that um, wait did the I
2: would, but wait did the nugget come out after the move went down or, or in the weeks leading up to the move
3: Well that's important. after the move came that's down. fair but I'm going to give Peter Schrager points here because he. You know, maybe he was sitting on that. It was too explosive.
5: You're He's trying crazy. to get back in good graces. <laughs> no, after I just your think that I'm saying that elevator bomb, too, incident. I, no,
3: I'm not. I, I am an open minded Love you, person, bro. So I can see the incredible skills that that uh, Peter Schrager brings to the table. Part B to this, Dan. You and I had a very I would label it excessive night um, at the combine. Eric was part of that early on in the evening, and we oh, yeah. actually I don't know if you were in the room when we were around uh, a a square shaped bar when none other than Matt Rule well I was by myself yes. Rule walked up to me and just said you know I've seen your show uh I just think you guys do good stuff I'm Matt Rule I'm the coach of the Panthers I was like yeah I I am familiar with who you are why are you walking I'm thinking like this is the coolest thing any coach has ever done so he could go mm. and burn down the city of Carolina and I would say good move Matt Rule city of Carolina <laughs> well fair enough The 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 region it's not even carolina. a state Just say charlotte. all right the region he he burnt the whole region down see you charlotte bye-bye carolina i'd say this coach has a plan
4: well look at their <laughs> skill position talent there aren't many teams who have more interesting skill position talent than christian mccaffrey dj moore curtis samuel robbie anderson ian thomas i think look at that whole division who's Oof. let's play a game of would you rather julio jones calvin ridley hayden hurst Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, the Panthers group, and who's the other team? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait. Mm.
5: Saucy division. Goes back to the dirty south. Always, uh, (laughs) Yeah, Greg's NFC
3: South fascination is suddenly looking right on point. It
5: it is, And, and for the Teddy Bridgewater fans out there, man, he could not have fallen into a better situation. I mean, I I don't know if it was all by, like, his excellent play, but this is his chance. I mean, if he's ever going to have a chance, this is it. With all these weapons around him in an offense, I think that's going to be a little different than some others.
2: With a guy with a limited route tree but ability to make – Downfield plays, you definitely want to pair him with a quarterback who averages six yards per attempt. I think it's gonna go I think it's gonna go <laughs> right. great.
4: Six air yards per attempt. Used to throw great <laughs> air th- yards.
5: Used to throw great uh so we all balls. love Teddy.
2: We all want him to do well. And I yes. and um I've been on record on this podcast that I wanted Anderson back with the Jets, and I think a lot of Jets fans are disappointed about it. But I do take a little bit of solace in that. Joe Douglas, the general manager, he's exercising some prudence, and he's doing it a little differently than past GMs of the Jets have done where they just bomb the draft and then try to make big splashes and free agency or overpay to keep a guy uh, or, or get a guy they used to have, like a Darrell Rivas, or in this case, Robbie Anderson. They set a price tag on Robbie. It turned out that that was just not going to happen, and that's it. So I, I'm, I'm putting my faith in big Joe D, and I think Jets fans should do the same. It's time for it to be done differently uh, in Florham Park, the state of Florham Park. Um, Other wide receiver news, Philip Dorsey. uh, He leaves the Patriots for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Last year, um, he had nearly 400 yards receiving. Uh, The Patriots couldn't move the ball through the air uh, for much of the season, especially as it uh, went down the stretch. Dorsett never really emerged. Greg, will he emerge
5: with Russell Wilson and Brian Schottenheimer? Probably not, but he's a nice like fourth receiver uh, role player, I'll always uh, have a lot of um, appreciation for the catch Philip Dorsett made in the AFC championship against the chiefs. That is one of the great uh, Patriots catches of this, uh, of their run that they had Snort. Come on. Snor. <laughs> it's like, I, I, a lot of time I see a lot of people like honking about that. Tom Brady didn't have to do anything in the super bowl to beat the Rams. It's like, they dragged them to that super bowl. It's like go watch the game where he put up four touchdowns in a row to get them to the Super Bowl with Philip Dorset stepping up big.
4: Good job by you taking the attention off of that game and putting it on another one.
5: <laughs> there you go. In the in other... of, how about the game before that where they put up 40 <laughs> points? I mean yeah. they were they were doing all right. It's all over now. You ain't special no more, Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's
5: like curtains. I I'll, I'll be it does it does change the bar like it will be a lot more exciting when they go 10 and 6 and the Jets' roster, that is like among the least talented in the league, goes 5 and 11. Like it'll be way more satisfying than a normal 10 and 6.
4: Hey, the Jets Fair have enough. three starting players on their roster, right? Exactly.
2: <laughs> I can't say anything until things change. So, but just know you ain't special. In other middling wide receiver news, Travis Benjamin, formerly of the Chargers, he's now a member of the 49ers, uh, now 30 years old. Well, funny how it sneaks up on you um so he enters that wide receiver room uh the day after Emmanuel Sanders exits well
4: I think it's easy to draw the connection between him and Taylor Gabriel and the old um Falcons offense that speed guy just have him run those go routes and beat people deep uh especially on play action passes that's what I would see Kyle Shanahan doing with him
3: I think Shanahan worked with benjamin in cleveland in 2014 i'd have to i think he was still there at that point so they he, i believe he knows him and you're right he plays that
2: similar role uh-oh we got a dispatch uh from the players tribune oh that newsroom is going wild right now <laughs> are they even allowed to be together Please. jeter, jeter just swung the o- door open with a big cigar in his mouth and he <laughs> said devin McCordy, you're on deadline Give me something about Tom Brady and the fallout <laughs> on line. Patriot Way. I want it 10 minutes ago. And then uh, McCordy wrote a post on the Players' Tribune and uh, part of it read like this. People are going to say that because Tom's gone, the dynasty is over. They are already burying us, as far as I can tell. And that's fine. He Let listens him. to the show. This is how he talks? (laughs) We've never listened to the noise, and we're not about to start now. But the task is definitely taller this coming year than it has been in years past. There's more work to do, and it's not going to be so easy this time around. That's where the new challenge comes in.
3: I mean, I think Devin McCourty might command a room a little bit more than uh, you portrayed there. No, that him was there. actually
2: Ricky played the soundbite. That was. Uh, <laughs> okay. I want, Ricky, I
5: want Ricky to send that just those twenty seconds out as a social video. That's it. We don't need any context. Nothing else. Just I just that. read the quote. <laughs> I just read the quote. Anyway, so I. I I'm Devin already McCourty tired of the storyline,
2: and it's mid-March. Devin McCourty thinks the Patriots are still special. I disagree.
3: Isn't that the flip side, though? That like their their motivation is we can even if they all, they all love Tom Brady to to show that they can still go twelve and four. The biggest thing about the, the about Devin McCourty is I, these are he has a twin. We all get that uh, they are twins with a shared Twitter account. I I there's more to <laughs> unpack on, in this situation, but that to me feels um, uh, like it's not a bit. But it's certainly it's I I not I'm not a huge fan of it. But you guys can hit think, the I more. I think it was originally like part of their
5: charity foundation. It was the McCordy Foundation. So. Well, I'm
3: sure that's then. I, then I can't say anything about it because it was for a nice cause. But I just you know it from <laughs> a know, Twitter angle, it kind of bugs me
5: if they're sharing a
2: social media account.
3: What's happening with the DMs, by the way? It's like what else
2: Siamese is on? Twitter.
3: on? Yeah.
5: What else is being shared,
2: Ricky? Do no, that, we they
5: don't
1: do. Know. I, I think they're enjoying. Maybe they share a room. Roommates.
5: They both have uh, a big families, and they're getting to <gasps> now grow up next to each other in uh, the cold state of Massachusetts. Twins have that
3: special connection, so I'm not going to try to tear that down any further.
2: Uh, other news: Quentin Dunbar traded to the Seahawks from the redskins in exchange for a fifth round pick veteran defensive back jimmy smith signs a new one-year deal to stay with the ravens and running back peyton barber formerly of the buccaneers signs with the redskins two years three million dollar contract uh anyone else have anything to add on those players
4: well i think seahawks fans are excited about dunbar pff graded him number two among cornerbacks last year uh, in coverage, and he—I think he allowed under a 60% passer rating. He's a big corner, six-two. Pete Carroll loves them. Um but the the Redskins are Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are his own coaches, so they're not going to have as much use for Dunbar. There makes a little sense for everyone
3: involved. Someone explain to me how the Redskins have gotten any better um, under Ron Rivera at this point. I did. I I see players wanting out. I, I you know it's a it's going to take time, but. This is was the, what, maybe the most low-wattage team in all of sports a year ago, uh, other than the fact that I love the fact that they finished games in about one hour and 58 minutes. That was pleasant. <laughs> but, I mean, what's, what's the sea change so they've, far? They've added Peyton Barber. Ah, it was that
5: they have a Kendall Fuller. I do love me some Kendall Fuller. They added him. That was a good bargain uh, so in free agency. But yeah, they uh, losing out on Amari Cooper, I think that's going to be the defining moment of their offseason that, that Amari Cooper took less money from the Cowboys to uh, stick it to the old Redskins. It's smarts. It's smarts.
2: Uh, and finally, in the news, an interesting wrinkle to the Marcus Mariota signing by the Raiders. Uh, it's a. Two-year, seventeen point six million dollar contract with the Raiders. However, uh, there's kind of more heat to it than what um, we originally thought because he'll get seven and a half million guaranteed in twenty twenty, which is Greg. You are the source on these things, but that's pretty good backup quarterback money, correct? Yeah, that that's good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I thought he might do better. Money and with I thought he in, might do better. And with incentives, and this is what really jumps out to me, anyway. Mariota could net over 47 million. So a good job by his agent that gave him not some, um, bum. Hmm. I got, I lost my job and I have to reset my whole career deal where I'm signing for two years and 7 million or something. He has a deal that really does give him an opportunity to get some guap if he does overtake the quarterback. And I would imagine if this worked out for him, other guys like him would try to get the same deal in the future.
5: It's a deal that got some criticism though. I know, um, I think agents and reporters were surprised he did anything more than a year basically that if that they they thought the raiders really got him under control in a way that like the titans didn't with Tannehill because if Mariota does come in and is a standout for half a season. He's still not getting many incentives, and then they have him for very cheap next year when, if it's a one-year deal, you can go back in the market, you get the franchise tag. Um, so it got some criticism. I thought it was fine. I didn't have a big take on it either way. I think Mariota had a pretty good market. Like, that's why uh, he got some money. Haven't we
2: also learned, though, that if, if he has a great year this year, players have leverage, and it, yeah. it's, he's not locked in forever to that second year or whatever it would end up being? That's not backup
4: quarterback contract. That's a we expect you to play at some point contract. And you'll see bridge quarterbacks get something like them. But there are no backups making seven point five million guaranteed on their base salary in their first year. Just doesn't say you might see that once in a blue
3: moon. If we
4: Teddy last through, year was
5: pretty similar, but you're right, if, it's pretty rare.
3: If we travel through next season and, and Marcus Mariota is starting 10-11 games for whatever reason and Cam Newton is sitting on the on the bench, I I don't know what's happened here.
2: <laughs> and if I'm and if I'm car I'm a little bit annoyed by the specifics of the contract because again it fuels that feeling that my team secretly doubts me or not so secretly doubts me. However, I still I'm very happy where, with how it turned out. I have a middling in-house competition in my building. If I play well, I should be okay. There's not. I mean, a c- he himself
3: is middling, so it's. I. I don't. I. You know. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I find. Is, see, well, that's
2: a. I have a lot, moderate disagreement. Lot. there. I, th- I think he is a step above middling, not that high up, but I think he's better than Mariota in his numbers over his career. I just that think up.
3: that Gruden is the X factor there because, it, you know, you're going to f- at some point Gruden is going to be frustrated. With Carr, and it may not be an injury. It may be just flat out, I'm done with this situation. If he throws some killer pick at the end of a game, and let's see what we have with Mariota. I mean, Gruden just seems like, again, the endless wandering eye with the quarterback. And well, I, I don't en- like it. Enjoy at all.
2: that. Uh, yeah, turn to Mariota and enjoy those lawn darts.
3: I mean, none of us are huge Mariota guys. So, I, you know,
2: fair, but <laughs> that's what's happening in the news. <laughs> hey, Ricky, for. um. For this seg, where I'm just going to kind of go through some things that I uh, kernels that I came across, I could go with comeback kernels with Mark Sessler, but let's actually go with uh, essentially like i uh, I'm going to leave this up to you, your ability to find like a, a, walk, a springtime walk. It's early spring now, okay. So I'm taking a walk through uh, the 32 teams of the NFL while I was putting together the power rankings. Uh, so here are some tidbits that I came across. Let's begin our walk, Ricky. Uh, we'll start right at number one on the list with the Kansas City Chiefs. Sammy Watkins still in the building, um, and he's scheduled almost 14 million in salary this year. Uh, Brett Veach, the GM, is already on on the record that they're probably going to have to, you know, correct that for him to remain a part of the team. And you wonder when that's happening. And you would think perhaps Watkins, although typically a player when he's asked to take a haircut, industry jargo, uh, is going to say, F you, cut me, I'll go get money elsewhere. But given the market of veteran wide receivers and that second tier, which let's be honest, despite how he's been paid in his career, he's in a second tier place. uh, He might be better off getting the haircut and, and sticking around. Maybe that's why nothing's happened here.
4: Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the Cowboys with Amari Cooper where both sides want each other. You just have to find that middle ground. You have to find that money that works. I, I don't see him making $14 million. Uh, Greg might have a better read on that.
5: Now, I think maybe the Chiefs thought that, what to your point, Dan, the timing of it, keep that they didn't need to cut him. They want to keep him, and they're kind of making it to a point where at some point, there's no way he's going to want to be a free agent in August. You, you wouldn't think so, and that they'll just work it out, which makes sense for a guy that put up almost 500 yards in the last – or almost 600 yards in the last two playoffs. Like that, That should count for something. I mean, that guy, if he
2: never signs another half-decent deal, did very well in this league. When you correlate his overall production, he's kind of like the Jadavian Clowney of wide receivers, isn't right? He?
5: But if like if another position stepped up as much as he's stepped up in the playoffs in two straight years, like we would give that guy a lot of credit for being clutch, whatever that means. Like he was their best receiver fair. in multiple big games, it, it, two AFC championships. He, and ri- he played well <laughs> the Super Bowl. He ripped a huge fart on uh, Richard Sherman in a big
2: spot in the Super Bowl. <laughs>
5: Is that more industry? That's general? how we got so yeah. open.
2: That That's scout it. talk. That's scout. Why talk. is
3: ESPN not talking to you about this in the Monday Night Football spot?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's keep let's keep going on the stroll. Oh, uh, smell that fresh air! That's that COVID nineteen air quality here in Los Angeles. I love it. Uh, let's check in with the Eagles. Who, by the way. Hey, what's going on uh, with the uh, offense? Everyone agrees they need to do better. <laughs> I had I had written in my notes uh, earlier this morning. Robbie Anderson? Question mark went to Temple. Uh, you know, sometimes you try to connect dots. Uh, <laughs> that's not happening, obviously. Oh, but here we are. Carson Wentz still has Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, as guys that he needs to count on, I guess it's most most likely given the state of the market at this point after today, going to be something Howie Roseman addresses in the draft. Hopefully, he addresses in the draft.
3: Yeah, I mean, that, I, go ahead, Mark. go ahead, Wes. Well, no, I was going to say I, I'm being told that, they, that they've signed uh, BMF Javon Hargraves, so they're going to go 15 and one. <laughs> that, that, that's the word on the street. So. Not, number nine feels a little high. I know you don't want to hear the you've numbers, that, but the, the ninth Devon best Hargrave
5: team. has gotten on your radar that we like. No, that I side. mean that
3: just you know. I think I think I, it, you know it's, there is a it, he's out there as a talking point, but I I don't see the Eagles as the ninth best team in the league. I know your numbers are not meant to be exact right now, but I see a few teams should be able, should that should be on their radar. I think a little bit.
2: It's what, so low on my priority list right now. I
5: can't even begin to tell you.
3: I mean, it is the assignment. <laughs> The assignment is ranking these teams,
5: so it's it can't be too. They're fine, they're fine. It is. It's a little surprising Jeffrey's still there. (laughs) Yeah, he's hanging around. Yeah, he wanted out. He's hanging around.
2: Uh, All right, let's keep strolling. Oh, look, I'm passing Mark's Airbnb. There's a SWAT team outside, and everyone has their guns drawn on the sidewalk. Uh, I guess they want you to come out, buddy. Come I mean I'm
3: not there at the moment, so that I don't feel guilty of anything.
2: Uh let's check in with the Rams. This is something we've kinda touched on, but uh kind of hits hits home when I was going through the uh, additions and departures. Five of their five members of their starting eleven defense gone. They're gone. They're just gone. Half the defense basically is out the door and it's just a reminder of uh that window's closed, and now it's on Snead and uh, McVeigh to find a way to
5: reopen it and retool this whole roster. And Wade Phillips. Look, they'll, they'll tell you that they have Aaron Donald, one of the greatest defensive players of all time, Jalen Ramsey, a- and some other players, and a coach that now, in Brandon Staley, that is kind of the, one of the big X factors of the 2020 season. Like, if he's bringing something to the table, like, could they be average defense? Sure, why not?
3: You think the Rams would ever, um, ever, ever again, if they could dial back in a time machine, do that Jalen Ramsey deal again? I yes. Just, I mean, I like Jalen. You think they would give two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey again? I do. I simply do not. I not do because, because I think they saw right that now.
5: as a long-term move, and I don't see why their evaluation would have changed between now. And then I think they were happy with what he gave them. I don't think it was a move to save last season. I think it was a move to have Jalen Ramsey a Ram for a long time.
3: They just feel a little top-heavy to me, where it's like, to Dan's point, there's a lot of supporting cast not around.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: let's dip into the cul-de-sac here of Believe Land, Mark, and uh, do not think I am trolling you, Mark, in any way. It's just something, again, that caught my eye. I don't buy into anything, anybody that's trying to do talking head things about Baker Mayfield's job security. Uh, but Case Keenum got more money than I realized. Three years, $18 million, including $10 million guaranteed, and... In the building, Kevin Stefanski uh, was the same guy. Who was in the building in Minnesota when Keenum had his best year for the Vikings. Just jumped well, out I'll, to me a little. I'll
3: give you this. I think that it is um, at coming off of last year's ultra disaster. Baker Mayfield uh, is is not someone with a lot of excuses around him right now, and I think it starts with Baker Mayfield. How much do you want to be? Cleveland's franchise quarterback and a top 10 quarterback in the NFL if not more that's what people thought he'd be a year ago I think he has all the talent to do it but it is a huge year for him, and I think that what was going on in that quarterback room a year ago, um, the coaching, the coaching on that offensive (laughs) side of the ball was not strong. And Case Keenum, I would imagine another team or two uh, were interested in bringing someone like Case Keenum into the building, so I don't have a big problem with the contract. But no way does any front office worth their salt think that Case Keenum is a better option than Baker Mayfield long term. But Baker Mayfield is under as much pressure Uh, as any quarterback in the league, because you also wrote, and I think you're right, they've shored up some of their issues roster wise. And, you know, he really does have, he has no excuses with the pieces around him, not to have a major comeback season.
2: The guy they draft at tackle, if that's indeed what ends up happening at number 10, if he can play, they did a good job. In fact, they could turn the offensive line into a position of strength uh, quickly because they it didn't have take three years to do that. They got to I like they got who's the guy on the interior that's a really good player. Uh, they have uh, the Bet- right Joel Batonio. Batonio. They got Conklin J.C. obviously Treader. now. Treader. Yeah. and now if you can get a left tackle who can play, there, there's no excuses anymore because all the playmaker talent obviously on the that could be a great offense if the quarterback can play. Could be Um, We'll see Finally uh, Wes Your former team Oh, It's the west side of Cincinnati Look everyone Waving so friendly With their little Barbecue grills And uh, Cornhole Playing their transistor radios Playing softball Five nights a week (laughs) Listening to Don McLean. Not anymore And wondering why uh, Wes keeps burying them On a very uh, popular Global podcast Well This is interesting Wes None of those
4: people By the way On the west side of Cincinnati Are actually Bengals fans
2: Okay, defensive tackle DJ Reader, cornerback Trey Wayans. big money deals to the Bengals. We all know they never do big money deals. Uh, ninety-five million committed uh, to the two veterans. Now, will they actually get ninety-five million? But just stick with me. According to ESPN stats and information research, Cincinnati had not committed more than twenty-six million to a single free agent since two thousand fifteen. So yes, the numbers back it up. They have not spent. Uh, like this in half a decade. Uh, so, Joe Burrow, yes, pay attention. They're trying, maybe just a little.
3: We, Yeah, I go Wes, sorry.
4: They had to. Um, this is a team that, since the creation of NFL free agency in 1993, they are the team that drives up the price for another team to sign a free agent. They don't actually sign the free agents. They sign their own, but this is a deviation, as you said.
2: All right, I'm back in front of uh, my home. My children are staring at me, wanting me to play with them for nine straight hours and feed them and bathe them and put them to sleep, so I'll end my walk here. I do
3: have one uh, w- someone that wants to say something about the Saints being at number four here. Oh, yes. Luke!
2: This is... <laughs>
3: Our house is Saints Ooh, fan.
2: Luke, I am your real your father.
3: <laughs> How do you feel about Dan Hansis, Uncle Dan, putting the Saints at, as the fourth best team in the NFL? You like that? No. What? Well, what do you want them to be? The number one. Oh, well, we'll see if they're number one. But well, that's fair. That's pretty good, actually, to be here at number four. But you are a huge Saints fan, and you love
2: uh, Drew Brees, right?
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good luck to you. You Wait, picked a better Luke, team Luke, than your
2: dad. Who's better at the power rankings, Dan Hansis or Elliot Harrison? Mm-hmm. All right. That's my boy. <laughs> All right, you did a good job. Thank you. A plus see for you, see you me, sir. sir. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Oh. All right. That was nice. I feel like a tradition's coming on. I got to get the boys in here soon.
1: Yeah, where are they? I don't know.
2: That's why we got to end the show. <laughs> They could be anywhere.
5: Was not expecting any uh, Luke Sessler, Elliot Harrison heat. but uh, <laughs> No, he doesn't know what he's been pulled are, into there. These That's are crazy sure. times.
2: They didn't always see eye to eye. I know that. I
5: know That's that
3: why sure. I talked during the, uh, the Bengals question that you threw at West because Luke was about to come charging into the scene and I was trying to slow him down there. But there we go. All
2: right, well, good effort there. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow with another show. So make sure you check that out. Everybody stay healthy, stay clean, stay distant. For now, anyway. Listen to Gal Gadot. Imagine. (laughs) No. Imagine no possessions. It's easy if you can. Uh, Thanks for listening to the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hansen signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Boys? Boys? (laughs) Oh, my God. Until Wednesday!
5: of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.
0: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise.